Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonabello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Welcome everyone to Too Good to Be True. Thank you for taking the time to listen. The subject of today's show is the rainforest. Before we start getting into details, let's just briefly talk about psychic insight and how we apply it. We choose a subject, then research the background, and based on that research, we determine what we think needs to be explained by creating a series of questions. Then Justina provides psychic insight to answer those questions. The psychic insight is narrated towards the end of the show. Accepting the psychic insight is a question of individual belief. Now let's go through the disclaimers. Here are the disclaimers. Neither of us claim to have any expertise in any subjects that we discuss. We relate information we find through research and the psychic insight. We are always delighted to hear from the listeners. The show only lasts an hour. We don't have the time to present exhaustive research on any topic. This means that there will be information that we miss. We want to provide a basis for the psychic insight. We don't care if a theory turns out too good to be true, as the show name suggests. We are only interested in finding out the more, uh, finding out more of the truth about topics. Spirit can only relate insight that is appropriate for our time in history. Free will cannot be affected. Only comments that are appropriate for our time can be given through the psychic insight. Much of the subject matter in shows may have already been covered many times in other media. We want to look into subjects in a new, different way and be thought-provoking. We are not so good with pronouncing names. We apologize. And neither of us have any particular knowledge of geography, climatology, biology, pharmaceuticals, or economics. If we have misstated anything, we apologize. The rainforest sounds like a great subject and, of course, is your suggestion. As you know, I deeply care about saving the planet. All the plants and animals need a home just as much as we do. I don't think anyone would disagree. And if plants and animals can't survive, we won't either. When you told me about chocolate, the subject really hit home. Why don't you start with a description of the rainforest? The following is from Wikipedia, quote, rainforests are forests characterized by high rainfall with annual rainfall in the case of tropical rainforests between 250 and 450 centimeters or 98 and 177 inches. And definitions vary by region for temperate rainforests. The monsoon trough, alternatively known as the intertropical convergence zone, plays a significant role in creating the climatic conditions necessary for the Earth's tropical rainforests. Around 40% to 75% of all biotic species are indigenous to the rainforests. There may be many millions of species of plants, insects, and microorganisms still undiscovered in tropical rainforests. Tropical rainforests have been called the jewels of the earth and the world's largest pharmacy because over one quarter of natural medicines have been discovered there. Rainforests are also responsible for 28% of the world's oxygen turnover, sometimes misnamed oxygen production, process processing it through photosynthesis from carbon dioxide and consuming it through respiration. The undergrowth in some areas of a rainforest can be restricted by poor penetration of sunlight to ground level. If the leaf canopy is destroyed or thin, the ground beneath is soon colonized by a dense tangled growth of vines, shrubs, and small trees called a jungle. The term jungle is sometimes applied to a tropical to tropical rainforests generally. Rainforests as well as endemic uh, rainforest species are rapidly disappearing due to deforestation, the resulting habitat loss, and the pollution of the atmosphere." Unquote. That's a lot of mostly depressing information to take in. 
for the tropical rainforest what is meant by the monsoon trough or the intertropical convergence zone? I think it's simple enough to say that a tropical rainforest is between the Tropic of Cancer and the Tropic of Capricorn or between the tropics. So which regions have rainforest within their borders? South America, so, sorry, South America, notably the Amazon, Africa, including the island of Madagascar, as well as Australia, New Guinea and Hawaii. Southeast Asia and the sub-Indian subcontinent also have rainforests in countries like Bangladesh and Thailand. The region that most people think of when mentioning rainforests is the Amazon. 60% of the Amazon rainforest is in Brazil, with the remainder in Peru and Colombia, with minor amounts mainly in six other countries. So how fast is the Amazon rainforest disappearing? There are all sorts of statistics, but the website One Green Planet in 2017 put it as follows, along with a drought warning. Quote, in the past 20 years alone, an area the size of two Germanys has been clear cut from this ancient tropical rainforest, and this is hardly the full extent of the damage. As the Amazon loses trees, it's also losing its ability to regulate weather patterns, which is causing massive droughts in Sao Paulo, Brazil. To make matters worse, all the animals native to the Amazon are being put in grave danger as their home is, destroy is destroyed right in front of them." Unquote. That sounds like a vicious cycle. Chocolate, which is a product of the rainforest, is under threat. Here is a quote from the United States National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration NOOA website regarding the evergreen cocoa, cocoa tree that produces the beans needed to make chocolate. Kikoya can only grow within about 20 degrees north and south of the equator, south of the Mediterranean, home of the carob, in fact. Kikoya trees only prosper under specific conditions, including fairly uniform temperatures, high humidity, abundant rain, nitrogen-rich soil, and protection from wind. In short, Kikoya trees thrive in rainforests. Chocolate is now grown around the globe, typically within 10 degrees north and south of the equator. The world's leading producers are the Ivory Coast, Ghana, and Indonesia. Ivory Coast and Ghana produce over half of the world's chocolate, end quote. Yes, I checked after you told me uh, the cocoa tree could be facing extinction by the year 2050, which is not that far away. Why isn't there public outrage over tropical rainforest habitats disappearing, just in the terms of chocolate being under threat? I think it is out of sight and out of mind. We have talked about the threat to chocolate, but what about coffee? With coffee, the word sustainable is used quite often. Here's a quote from Wikipedia. Wikipedia. Quote, sustainable coffee is coffee that is grown and marketed for its sustainability. This includes coffee certified as organic, fair trade and rainforest alliance. Coffee has a number of classifications used to determine the participation of growers in various combinations of social, environmental and economic, economic standards. Coffees fitting such categories and that are independently certified or verified by an accredited third party have been collectively termed sustainable coffees. This term has entered a lexicon and this segment has quick, grow, quickly grown into a multi-billion dollar industry of its own with potentially significant implications for other commodities as de demand and awareness expand." Unquote. What is the Rainforest Alliance? Here's another quote from Wikipedia, quote, the Rainforest Alliance is a non-governmental non organization or NGO working to conserve biodiversity and ensure sustainable livelihoods by transforming land use practices, business practices and consumer behavior. Based in New York City with offices throughout North and South America, Asia, Africa and Europe, it operates in more than 70 countries, unquote. The rainforest has been destroyed in order to make short-term gains through logging, clearing to grow crops, cattle ranching, mining, and so on. Part of the tra tragedy is that if the rainforest remains intact, more could be earned from it. The following is from the website Pendulum Online. Quote, another thing people don't tend to realize is that the land is worth far more than, most, than what most companies and individuals earn from its destruction. Statistics show that landowners who use the land for cattle will make $60 per acre annually. Additionally, if the timber is harvested, a landowner will make about $400. What about harvesting the renewable resources such as fruits, nuts, oil producing plants and medical plants? 
well, statistics report if that if these resources are harvested and the rainforest is not damaged, landowners stand to see a return of approximately $2,400 per acre yearly, unquote. We are now starting to talk about economics, which is not something that either of us understands. I will be oversimplistic, but I have got to start somewhere. Economics is the science of the production, consumption, and transfer of wealth. They give out Nobel Prize for economics every year, but not for conservation. Evidently, you need to be a gifted academic to be an authority. Look, if you knew anything about money and wealth, I wouldn't have student loans to pay. But let's just keep it simple in terms of normal human experience. How did money start in terms of banknotes? British banknotes are printed on them. I promise to pay the bearer the sum of and then an amount. Frequently asked questions on the Bank of England website explains what that exactly means as follows. Quote, the words I promise to pay the bearer on demand the sum of five, 10, 20, 50 pounds appears on all of our banknotes. This phrase dates from long ago when, banknote, when our banknotes represented deposits of gold. At that time, a member of the public could exchange one of our banknotes for gold of the same value. For example, a five-pound note could be exchanged for five gold coins called sovereigns. However, the value of the pound has not been linked to gold for many years, so the meaning of the promise of pay has changed. You can no longer exchange banknotes for gold. Bank of England note, banknotes can only be exchanged for other Bank of England banknotes of the same face value, unquote. Gold sovereigns stopped being in circulation in 1914 at the start of World War I. So banknotes or bills, as they are called in North America, used to be pieces of paper that could be exchanged for gold. Now you only can exchange a banknote for other banknotes. Yes, the point of gold coins was that they were literally worth their weight in gold. Gold was the means of storing wealth that money was based on. So how did it all start? I'll start, but I think we're coming up to a break, so you'll have to interrupt me. With the Knights Templar, who made up a large organization of devout Christians protecting European travelers visiting sites in the Holy Land. We'll have to continue after this short break talking about the rainforest. And you're listening to Too Good to Be True with Justina Marsh and Pete Marsh on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xcbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone radio show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone broadcast network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simultv, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simultv. Simultv offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, sci-fi, and horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. 
Do it today. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. Welcome back to Too Good to Be True. And before the break, we were discussing the rainforest and we're discussing the money system and how money was originally based on gold. So, Dad, you were starting with how it all started and how everything started being based off gold, then moved into actual currency. Yes, and I was talking about the Knights Templars. So, we're all over the map this evening. Um, yes, so the Knights Templar um, protected Christians traveling to. Um, uh, the Holy Land, they also carried out military operations. <clears throat> Excuse me. Here's a quote from the Keep Hope Alive website. Quote, during the Middle Ages from about 1100 to 1300 AD, the Knights Templars had established their castles through Europe as a safe place to store gold and silver coins, along with other valuables. The Templars helped to finance the Crusades, and with the Pope's blessing, they became a favorite charity for millions of Christians. According to a timeline of the Order of the Knights Templars compiled by the Medieval Combat Society, the Templars began using letters of credit in 1150. With the confidence of the public supporting them and with the creative use of letters of credit, or IOUs and notes, they established a vast credit lending system that soon left them in possession of large vineyard holdings, farmlands, buildings and other property throughout Europe." Unquote. The quote talks about credit and lending. We'll hear a little more about that later. But what happened to the Knights Templar? They became too wealthy and powerful for their enemies, with most of them being arrested on Friday the 13th, 1307, and subsequently executed. Hence, Friday the 13th is thought of as being unlucky. So what happened to banking after 1307? Banking continued much in the same way as it does today, except now... Most transactions don't involve cash, but are digital. But what is practiced today is fractional reserve banking. The Knights Templar allegedly provided more in money in notes than there that was worth in available deposits in gold. So it's nothing new. Here's a quote from the Investopedia website. Quote, if a customer deposits $100,000 into a bank and the reserve requirement is 5%, the bank can loan out 95% sorry, 90, well, 95%, but $95,000 out to other customers. Once a bank has loaned out $95,000, in essence, it has created $195,000. Customers borrow that $95,000 and deposit some or all of it into other banks. If the reserve requirement is still 5%, then the other banks can loan, loan $90,250 to new customers, and the process keeps repeating itself. Financial crises occur when the fractional banking system breaks down and the money supply does not expand. Unquote. Here's a quote from Henry Ford regarding banking in the 20th century. Quote, it is well enough that people of the nation do not understand our banking and, our, and monetary system, for if they did, I believe there would be a revolution before tomorrow morning. Unquote. But there's still gold in bank vaults that all the money is based on? Not quite. In the United States in 1933, President Roosevelt took the dollar off the gold standard. That meant that Congress enacted a joint resolution nullifying the right of creditors to demand payment in gold. So basically, banknotes were no longer backed by gold. In 1971, President Nixon removed linking the value of the dollar with the value of gold. So the dollar is now a fiat currency, meaning that it's backed by the, by the government that issued it. It is no longer money, it's currency. 
historically every fiat currency in history has failed, including that of the Roman Empire. So why did these presidents take these actions? In both cases to increase the supply of money. So going back to the rainforest, we are destroying a valuable resource for something with value based on the backing of government rather than on something with measurable value like gold. It gets worse than that. You might hope that richer countries would subsidize the poorer countries that still have rainforests to keep it intact, but they're only countries with external debt. That doesn't make sense. There are rich countries like the United States, the United States, and much poor, much more poor countries like Bangladesh. I looked. I looked up each country's debt based on 2017 figures. The United States owes the equivalent of 98% of the wealth it produces per annum, which is known as GDP. A country like Norway, which have, which should have little debt. Um, has a small population and has enormous production of oil and natural gas, has an external debt of 168% of GDP. I have to ask a really silly question. If governments can print money, can we have all the money everyone needs and pay off debts? I did say governments print money. I should have said government issues IOUs called bonds, which banks buy to provide governments with credit, which is money the government can spend. It's like having a credit card with no limit. The people in the country, not the government, are on the hook to pay back the national debt through taxation. Even after what you have said, I would have thought that some countries would be providing credit, not borrowing it. Countries do lend money to other countries. However, countries will want to produce more goods using up more natural resources to create more wealth to register economic growth and hopefully pay off debt through taxation. But if natural resources are all consumed, there would be no means of creating wealth and no means of servicing external debt, so the world could come to a grinding halt. What do you think the solution could be? I think that whoever can figure out a solution deserves a Nobel Prize. If there were greater awareness of the meaning money or currency, perhaps people would feel more empowered to do something about the rainforest. I think the following from human rights advocate Dr. Paul Bernard Bernal, sorry, quoting 19th century playwright Oscar Wilde perhaps explains how we need to think differently. Quote, in Lady Windermere's fan, Oscar Wilde had Lord Darlington quip that a cynic was a man who knows the price of everything and the value of nothing. As with so much that Wilde wrote or said, it's more than just a nice turn of phrase. It hits at the heart of the problems of society. Lady Windermere's fan was written in, in 1892, but what Wilde wrote is even more true than it was 122 years ago. These days, our government, our businesses, our media, and more seem to have been have to be dominated by what Wilde would what Wilde would have described as cynics. The idea that anyone in the real world should even consider ethical, moral, philosophical, or cultural values to be on a par with financial or economic value appears whimsical, sentimental, even romantic. Hard-nosed, sensible, rational, practical people know otherwise. It's the economy, stupid, unquote. Well, let's change the subject to talk about beer. And that seems like a pretty random subject, but what has beer got to do with anything? This better be good. In the 1970s in the British Isles, large companies started by uh, started buying out small local brewers. Brewing was started to be consolidated into fewer companies brewing in large plants with continuous processes. The beer, rather than being conditioned in cask, was supplied in aluminum kegs pressurized with carbon dioxide gas or in bulk in tanker trucks. The traditional pubs were being modernized with historical Victorian or older fixtures and fittings being sold off. The argument was made that these changes were made due to the old ways becoming uneconomical. You sound like you were there at the time. Yes. The pub was where you met your friends. You drank to be social and enjoyed the same beer taste and ambience, just like your father or grandfather. The campaign for real ale started in Ireland in 1971 and spread to Britain. Consumers were informed where the traditional pubs were located that were serving real ale. Traditional pubs with good beer became very busy, while the other pubs were less busy. The big companies started reviving local breweries with their original identities while reintroducing traditional beer making. They also chased down the original fixtures and fittings for something like 10 times what they had sold them for. The traditional pub with traditional beer returned with a vengeance. 
the people had spoken, the brewers had to provide what the customer demanded or go out of business. So your point isn't really about beer, is it? No, it's about people causing change. The people may not know it, but the people have the power. If consumers only buy fair trade chocolate from sustainable cacao trees from countries committed to preserving the rainforest, then we will have chocolate rainforests and people in those countries able to make a living. The only downside is that you have to pay a little more for your chocolate bar. The upside is that future generations will be able to enjoy chocolate in the years to come, along with the rainforest prospering. But that could be expanded for all sorts of natural resources, right? Yes, if consumers are educated about buying products that help the rainforest, the people in those regions and the rainforest could prosper. Why don't you think that national governments could act to save the rainforest? Because governments don't act, they only react. Also, currently, I doubt very much of a government anywhere is going to be elected based on the promise of saving the rainforest. But with greater public awareness, that might change. It has to. According to a Scientific American article from 2009 entitled The Origin of Oxygen in Earth's Atmosphere, we have a lot to learn about oxygen in our atmosphere. Here's a quote from that article. Most important, how did the amount of excuse me, atmospheric oxygen reach its present level? It's not that easy why it should balance at 21% rather than 10 or 40%. Notes geoscientist James Casting of Pennsylvania State University. We don't understand the modern oxygen control system that well. End quote. We mentioned earlier that the rainforest produces the moisture that provides the local rain that maintains the rainforest. But without that moisture, climates will also be drier thousands of miles or thousands of kilometers away. These findings were published in the scientific journal Nature in 2012. With less rainforest, the planet will become hotter and drier with possibly the crops we all depend on failing. The Smithsonian website claims with less rainforest, the American West could experience even worse drought conditions in the future. Well, to continue discussing the rainforest and mentioning the people living in the rainforest after this short break, and you're listening to Too Good to Be True with Justina Marsh and Pete Marsh on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Broadcast studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, to the world and beyond. You're watching the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. ABS Media Day. I am Dr. Carl O'Helvey, founder, president of a new cancer foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 
401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnix, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God. It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God, and finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Welcome back to Too Good to Be True. And before the break, we were discussing the rainforest and just transitioning to the people living in the rainforest. I've heard that there are tribes that have not had contact with the outside world living in the rainforest. How many of our fellow human beings live in the rainforest? The numbers shocked me. An estimated 50 million worldwide. An article from last year on the Amazon Rainforest Forest website provides information about tribes in the Amazon rainforest. Quote, there are hundreds of indigenous tribes in the Amazon rainforest. The indigenous groups in all of South America have disappeared or been torn apart by the colonization process, disease, alcohol, forced labor, and war. For a long period of time, the Amazon rainforest was a giant refuge for the indigenous population. This happened because of lack of a clear economic potential to be exploited by the colonizers. So the rainforest remained almost untouched by the Western culture until the first half of last century. That's why you still find many indigenous Amazon rainforest tribes in the region, many of them already being under stress from legal agriculture and cattle and illegal activities, drug dealers, some woodcutters, some miners and biological traffickers, unquote. With the rainforest remaining almost untouched until the first half of the last century, the destruction on a vast scale has only occurred in just a one lifetime. If the people have been away from Western influence, they may still have their own language and way of life. Yeah, that's true. And the article continues, quote, there are still over 200 indigenous groups in the Amazon rainforest talking 180 different languages and each with their own cultural heritage. If you narrow your view to language families, you will still find 30 different language families in the Amazon rainforest. This shows that, like the flora and the fauna, the cultural diversity in the region is also very high, making it an even more interesting and rich place." Unquote. If people for the first time come into contact with an outsider carrying, for example, a flu bug, this is likely to prove fatal. The loss of the rainforest could, in reality, be a death sentence for millions of people. I've read that rainforest tribes have their own shamans that use plants for cures. What exactly is a shaman? A description is included on the website Epicurean Culture, and I quote, While shamans and shamanism have played vital roles in communities for thousands of years all over the world, the term has still yet to receive a set definition. In essence, shamanism deals with reaching the spirit world by altering your state of consciousness, either through dreams or with the use of stimulating plants. Shamans are the tribe's men and women who are capable of reaching this state. With this, shamans are most often placed into their roles after experiencing a spiritual event and are henceforth responsible for performing spiritual rituals in order to perform healings and divination. In the Amazon, shamans perform rituals to induce physical and psychological healings for locals and medical tourists alike. The unique nature of their healing techniques has become increasingly popular worldwide, and people from across the globe will fly and track through the rainforest for various types of me medical treatments." End quote. It seems that their work is becoming more recognized in the mainstream, 
The following is from CNN's website from 2014, describing shamans from the Amazon. Quote, the death of shamans' knowledge on preventative medicine and diagnostics has astonished even physicians who have studied their approach. Dr. Christopher Herndon, a Yale-trained physician and, and ethnobotanist specializing in the Amazon, recently noted, when asked about disease conditions, shamans present highly detailed and specific descriptions of disease characteristics and associated symptomatology. They frequently comment on disease associations and responsiveness to therapy, often demonstrating a remarkable insight into the natural history of disease processes as we understand them." Unquote. The term ethnobotanist arises from the study of plants and their practical uses through the traditional knowledge of local cultures and people. As we are talking about shamans being individuals that are thought to have spiritual connections, we have to mention the belief that the planet has consciousness. This, that has come up in previous shows, including that a means of reducing natural disasters could be acknowledging this and treating the planet and our natural resources with more respect. But I think it's time for the first question. Does the tropical rainforest provide local mo moisture that is returned to the rainforest as rain? Yes. Were massive droughts in Sao Paulo state caused by deforestation in the Amazon? Yes. Does the tropical rainforest help provide the rest of the planet with sufficient oxygen? Yes. Does the rainforest help provide sufficient moisture so that drought conditions do not exist in areas far away from the rainforest? Yes. Protecting the environment on planet Earth would appear to be a major priority in the first part of the 21st century. Why do people on the planet seem unaware of the threat to the rainforest? The problem is that the education about the rainforest and the environment is not always available. So a lot of people are unaware of how much the rainforest and other natural different landmarks actually provide resources for the people. So many people know that the rainforest exists, but they don't know how much medicine, food, and even the different oxygen environment that the rainforest provides. So there needs to be more education. But there are also the people, too, that think very in the moment. So they do not think about how the rainforest and the destruction of the rainforest will affect their lives since it's not affecting their lives right now. Are the concerns regarding chocolate exaggerated in that cacao trees could be extinct by the year 2050? No, that is true. So the predictions are based on different scientific facts. So it's possible that more trees will be planted. But the problem is, just like a lot of different food in the rainforest, is that the rainforest has to exist for the conditions for the food to actually grow. If the rainforest of the Amazon becomes smaller, will that affect the rainforest of Africa that produces most of the world's chocolate, even if it remains the size it is now? Yes, so the rainforest is obviously dwindling. And at one time, there were a lot more different rainforests and areas that you don't see anymore. So each rainforest and the destruction of each rainforest affects the next rainforest, which causes a type of domino effect. Why isn't the destruction of the rainforest in use more loudly and more often? Because it's not of interest to many people. So the news wants to put on what is going to be dramatic and about different controversial subjects. The rainforest isn't as controversial. So different political matters, murders, accidents will have more viewers and in turn make the different companies more money. What can be done to help make the people of the world understand that it is worth paying a little more for sustainable products like sustainable coffee? The problem is that people like to buy cheap. So it'd be very hard to convince people who want to find the cheapest option to actually buy more expensive coffee. But what can be done is that different families can teach their children from a younger age. So usually when someone grows up in a family that is more sustainable, more minimalistic, does not always buy the cheapest products that actually transfers down to their kids and then their kids' kids. So it transfers down through family or friends. So there has to be some type of social influence. What could be done to create a Nobel-like prize for conservation? Basically, just a few people coming together and deciding that some type of prize or award show that gets some type of media attention and would be something very positive for the rainforest. So just take a few different people coming together and obviously the funding. The Knights Templar became able at banking. 
was that something that just happened out of necessity or was it a deliberate policy to create a lot of wealth? In a way, both. So there was some necessity in creating some form of money in a physical form. However, trading in the old way things were done, whereas trading products and goods, not using actual money, worked well. So there can be a combination of both of them. But the problem lies when the money is in the hands, but is not distributed evenly and not going towards causes that are the intention of the people. Did the Knights Templar practice fractional reserve banking? Yes. So more money than the, than the golden reserves was issued? Correct. Is Friday the 13th an unlucky day? So it's a very superstitious day, but not really. So it's more if it's what people believe in. And the thing with Friday the 13th really depends on a lot of factors if it would actually be an unlucky day. Why did Henry Ford, what did Henry Ford understand that the rest of the country did it, didn't when he made his famous quote about the banking system? Basically, he understood more deeply how banks work. And instead of just having this idea of money, he tried to understand money and the whole system of money more. So he's kind of like economics, economicists who go in and evaluate the banking system and evaluate the actual structure of the banking system. Will fractional reserve banking always be in crisis if the money supply doesn't expand? Yes, especially in regards to the uneven distribution of wealth. So when wealth isn't distributed evenly, that causes a very unsteady flow of money and issues within the system. What would have happened if the United States remained on the gold standard from 1933? The money system would have been very different. So some well-known families wouldn't have had money like they do today. And there would be more understanding of the banking system when there's physical gold to back up the money instead of money just being printed and really nothing coming out of it. What would have happened in 1971 if the United States had not continued valuing the dollar based on the price of gold? Basically, the whole system would just be different today and the money would be distributed differently. So if things would have been different, there would have been more trading for services. For example, giving one person a chicken will you give them a cup of sugar type of deal. So the issue is that before the dollar was actually introduced, there was more of this value placed on items and objects instead of actual monetary value. So we're talking about bartering. Yes. We'll have to continue with the questions and the psychic insight about the rainforest after the short break. And you're listening to Too Good to Be True with Justina Marsh and Pete Marsh on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xcbn.net. heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simo TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simo TV. Simo TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at SimulTV.com. Do it today. The new nonfiction book, Razor of Madness, is similar to cult movies like Clockwork Orange, Dragon's Tattoo, or The Other Side of Hell. Wayne Morin Jr. and Thomas Lee Howe will expose widespread and systematic deficiencies in this thought-provoking tell-all novel. Mind control rages among scholars in law schools. Human rights are ignored while thought reform and mental manipulation are accepted practices used as behavior modification. Dr. Louis Jolion West comes to mind. 
Media and public scrutiny shows that United States mental hospitals are in fact destructive murder industries. Razor of Madness Exposé Novel details this epidemic through an in-depth professional and personal investigation. For decades, there has been a revolving door policy that still releases killers and pedophiles back into society. The maestro of mind control continues to haunt America to this very day. Razor of Madness is available in paperback or as a downloadable ebook at Amazon.com. I'm William S. Peckham. If you enjoy a good mystery with a touch of the paranormal, then you'll love my novel, From Out of the Woodwork. It's the story of a young Toronto contractor, Sean Kennedy, who buys derelict homes, guts them, and turns them into multifamily dwellings. Slums just waiting to happen. When Sean buys 29 Livery Lane, the house fights back. Former owners unexpectedly come out of the woodwork as he starts the destruction. The apparitions come to him when he touches old books, reads hidden letters, rummages through old boxes, finds a locket or reads a discovered manuscript of a murder mystery. From Out of the Woodwork will take you from 1899 to the horror of the World Trade Center, September 11, 2001. Check out From Out of the Woodwork on my website, www.williamspeckham.com. Welcome back to Too Good to Be True. And before the break, we are going through the questions and the psychic insight about the rainforest. So, Dad, can you please continue with the questions? Sure. Are all fear currencies destined to fail? In some people's minds, yes. So that's not a straightforward yes or no answer. But currency and money in general create a lot of issues. Why can't the banks of the world forgive debt so that countries can start over without the need to use so many natural resources to create wealth, to pay taxes, to pay back debt. The problem is that depends on who's in charge. So sometimes debt is just forgiven and there's no money payment. But in other situations, it's not. So that's why the leaders and different politicians have to be chosen very carefully since they do have control over the money supply depending on the country. And at this time, many countries owe each other a lot of money. And that brings up the question of how the repayment would be done. So it brings up the question whether resources would be used or will just be forgiven. And in regards to the rainforest, using the rainforest as monetary value and paying back debt is not very smart since it's only limiting the resources for that country but for the entire world. How can the world change such that ethical, moral, philosophical or cultural values are on a par with economic values? It goes back to education and social norms. So one, education about the rainforest, the environment, even the money supply and the whole system, everything. And it goes to values and social norms. So cultures very value the environment and value the resources. Yet others view the environment as more of a supply system. So in some social norms, the resources are there for the taking. While in other different social norms, they're there and should stay there. So the sharing values and understanding that the resources are something that is valuable. But also if you, for example, would tear down a tree, it's not just that you're tearing down that tree, but also that the new one you're planning is going to take hundreds of years to get where the original tree was. So it doesn't only affect the short-term plan, but the long-term. Just like real ale in the British Isles, why shouldn't it be possible for people everywhere to realize that through their buying choices, they hold the power that could change the world? The problem is that a lot of people are just on the go. So they go for convenience over price over what the product actually is. So for example, let's say someone's going to get a coffee shop, going to a coffee shop. They're going to go where the most convenient coffee or the one they have heard about. Maybe not the one that's the most sustainable or the most expensive or even the cheapest, but they're going to go into this routine and stay in this routine. So that's why the solution is that once you get into this routine is to study beforehand on where the product is coming from, who's making it, and what's going into making that product. And it's also very unfortunate that different companies are very much competing, especially for price and how convenient they are. And a lot of people will go for the cheaper price. So it's learning that the cheaper price doesn't always mean better. What could be done to elect governments with policies to save the rainforest or for other environmental issues? 
It's just it just basically takes one or two people starting. So it doesn't take a great number of people. It's just getting your ideas out there and then getting support. So anyone can really, at least in a democracy, anyone is supposed to be able to have their voice heard. So writing into politicians, even making petitions, doing things for the environment and getting noticed. But the biggest thing with change is making sure that it gets into a different number of people. So using social media, using your voice in a way. Since one person's voice in these types of days goes viral and many thousands, even millions of people might see it. So even people right now who have a large social media platform could step up and talk about the environment and talk about their beliefs about the environment. Why is the world's balance of oxygen at 21%? Because of the environmental changes. So what humans are doing is affecting the oxygen. And to have oxygen, the trees need to exist. So cutting down each tree actually does make a bigger influence than one thinks of. So planting more trees, making sure these trees can live a long time, and also limiting pollution. What would the balance of oxygen be if the rainforest disappears? There is an exact number since it hasn't happened yet, but what can be said, it wouldn't be pleasant. It would be to a point where many trees would be have to be planted and quickly. Could the loss of the rainforest make droughts as seen in the western United States more severe? Yes. Would the droughts be much more severe? Yes. In the fig- is the figure of 50 million people living in the world's tropical rainforest about right? Yes. Are there over 200 indigenous groups in the Amazon rainforest speaking 180 different languages, each with their own cultural heritage? There's even more groups than known, but yes. Are the indigenous peoples of the rainforest in mortal danger if they are exposed to Western diseases? Yes. What exactly is a shaman? Can a shaman actually connect with the spiritual world? Yes, so a shaman can be thought of like a prophet or a psychic or terms like that. So it's someone who has the ability to connect to the spiritual world, but it depends on their abilities, what type of way they are able to connect. So it may be through rituals, through using herbs, through doing it in their own individual way, depending on which group. But a lot of people go to them for spiritual advice. Are shamans born with spiritual abilities or can they be learned? So yes, they're born with abilities, but some people have abilities that they're not aware of. And yes, they can be more and they can be taught, but not really taught, but more educated about their abilities. So there's a possibility that throughout their life, they may change and evolve into more towards being a shaman. How do shamans learn about plants and their ability to provide cures? Either it's passed down from generation to generation, or there are some different texts that are written that some of them follow. Will the ability of shamans become more recognized in the future? Hopefully, yes. Will the specialization of ethnobotany become more widespread in the future? Yes and no. So again, that depends on future generations. But again, it can be said that hopefully, yes. Does the planet have consciousness? Yes. What is the planet's reaction to the destruction of the rainforest? The planet is obviously very upset since the rainforest provides so much and provides so much even to humans. So again, there needs to be this considering that even small things like taking plants out of the rainforest could cause something much more. So giving back to the planet and respecting the planet is important. What can be done to change the conventional economics of the world to economics that include the health of the planet and quality of people's lives as value in the same terms as gold? It would just have to be changes in society again. So it would have to be more education and valuation by different leaders. So it can start at the bottom where people speak up, but it can also start at the top. So it depends on what becomes a society and what the focus becomes. And if there's going to be learning more about economics, the environment, and how they really are affecting not only the environment, but each other. What should each of us be doing to help the rainforest and the environment in general? One, buying sustainable, buying products that aren't always the cheapest, but ones that are sustainably sourced. So not even in regards to the rainforest, but any products, since even other parts of the environment are being affected negatively, and also giving back in your own way. So someone may not be able to donate money to the rainforest, 
but even planting a few trees in your own yard or providing an environment for local animals where you live. And if you are able to give something, there are many different actually accredited different organizations that are helping the rainforest. However, there are also ones that aren't the best. So make sure you do your research before any money is involved since sometimes lines are blurred with that money. And obviously the ultimate would be going and actually going to the rainforest and helping out there. But not everyone has the means to do that. What can we learn from about every country in the world being in debt while at the same time natural resources continue to be consumed and destroyed rather than being sustainable? The real takeaway here is that the earth isn't asking for any money. The earth never asks for someone to pay for the resources, so there's no way to give money back to the earth. However, giving natural money, such as plants, animals, making sure you keep respecting the environment, and then giving back with actual physical planting these different plants, and also making sure that very the very different human structures don't take over everything. So it goes back to there's no way to pay for these resources, yet there's a monetary value placed on them. What should we be saying to our children and grandchildren in order that they can help preserve the planet? Just to teach them young. So teach them young to go clean up trash or plant a tree and make sure they know the value of the environment, since if there's no environment, no earth, there's no humans. Can meditation, including organized mass meditation, help influence others to think about ways of saving the rainforest? No. So there's no way to really control or help how other people think. However, there can be meditation about positive and positive thoughts towards the environment. So instead of trying to influence people, we're giving them the tools to make their own decisions and then use those decisions in a positive manner. That was the last answer. Is, if we are smart, saving the rainforest for future generations too good to be true? That depends on what you are prepared to believe. Well, I'm going to be looking for fair trade and sustainable chocolate, coffee, whatever, uh, whatever comes from the rainforest, mangoes, I'm not sure about those, uh, whatever I can. And uh, I wasn't really aware of all of this. And uh, quite honestly, researching this has been quite a shock. Well, I think the unfortunate um, takeaway is that some of these items are so convenient to get that you really don't think about where you're getting them from. So for example, I love coffee, I love chocolate, but I don't always think where it's coming from or why I'm buying it. I'm just buying it without really thinking. But as always, we're open to suggestions from listeners. So if you have any more suggestions about environmental topics, I love these topics. So I'd love to hear about them. And you can contact us at our Facebook page at Too Good To Be True with our first two spelled T-W-O or website at TooGoodToBeTrue.net. And as always, thank you so much to listeners. Thank you for listening. And we look forward to next week's show. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. Are you or is someone you know struggling with addictions, depression, anxiety, relationships, low self-esteem, lack of confidence, grief, success, and prosperity? Do you know that your subconscious belief plays a big role in the outcome of your hard work? 
we can help you permanently change the beliefs that may be the reason for your struggles and failures. We care about getting you the return on your investment and the results you are looking for. We can help you be free of the limitations of your past and in realizing your highest potential. We work with people by phone and Skype. For more information, visit us at www.ritasoman.com. That's www.ritasoman.com. Do you think you have energy problems in your home? Do you feel better when you're away than when you're home? Joey Korn is a global leader in the world of dowsing who specializes in personal energy clearing and space clearing. He can help you create an ideal energy environment in your home no matter where you live in the world. Learn about his remote spiritual house cleaning services and much more at www.dowsers.com. You can get Joey's book, Dowsing, A Path to Enlightenment, as well as other dowsing books and tools, Kabbalah books, and Walter Russell books. Joey's work is really amazing. Go to dowsers.com right now. That's D-O-W-S-E-R-S dot com or call 1-877-DOWSING. That's 1-877-369-7464.